Turning life's lemons into lemonade. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Please join me in welcoming Caitlin johnson Reby who is a pure romance business owner since 2008. She is dedicated to teaching women about sexual health and wellness and providing them with a safe space to learn and talk about things that are often taboo or misunderstood. Through small women's get-togethers, one-on-one sessions, and couples consultations, she has been able to help women claim their independence, confidence, and sexual well-being. In 2002, she moved to Austin, Texas to build her business in a new area and widen her scope. Through pure romance, personal training, women's self-defense, and many other lifestyle modifications, nutrition, mindfulness, organization, etc., she hopes to help women become the best version of themselves that they can be. We must fill our own cups before we are able to fill those of the loved ones around us. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Intimacy Truths podcast, where we have Caitlin joining us today. I'm very excited to have you. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. You're very welcome. So today's topic, we are going to talk about turning life's lemons into lemonade. So tell us, where did your journey start when you were turning your life's lemons into lemonade? So it kind of goes back a little bit. Um, I had always grown up having a passion for kind of the tomboy things. I loved shooting guns. I loved wrestling. I loved, you know, being the hero and saving the day. And so, you know, fast forward through my adult years, I actually ended up in law enforcement and it was the perfect career for me. It was everything that I ever thought I wanted to do in life. Um, I got to shoot guns. I got to nab the bad guys. I got to save the people. Like it truly was everything I ever wanted. Um, And I found that I was really good at it. I got promoted super young. Um, I was recognized by the state for some things. Like it was just a really good fit for me. And I I did really well. Um, And I had great mentors and I loved what I did. I I never had a day where I was like, oh man, I don't want to go to work. Like I looked forward to going to work. I picked Mm -hmm. up overtime because I loved what I did. And I really loved how I was able to give back to the community. Um, That's always been something that's been really valuable to me in my life is being able to give back. And so it kind of checked all of the boxes that I ever knew I wanted checked. So did that for, you know, a total of six years. Um, And Unfortunately, within the last like one to two years of that career, um, we had a transition in leadership and a new chief came in and it was a very negative turn of events. And it was, you know, I I didn't want to go to work anymore and I felt like I was harassed and I would be cornered in, in rooms and screamed at. And it was just, it was very uncomfortable to go to work. And I felt, um, like it wasn't a safe space. Like I didn't feel like I could trust my coworkers anymore. Um, and it was because I was a woman and I had never, I'd never felt that before. Um, being on patrol, you have to trust your brothers implicitly, you know, they've got your back. 
you've got their back, you know, you, you would, you would give your life for them. And I felt that way for the first six years. Um, and then, you know, this new change of regime came in and it was just like a switch was, was switched. And it was like, I don't know if I could trust these people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just felt like, because I was a woman, I was being treated differently, which was new for me because I was always an equal. I felt like in everybody's eyes and that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of went through that whole process. It was a, a very, very trying time. Super. I got super depressed. Um, they actually fired me and I had to sue them to get my job back. Um, so I won that, got my job back, got my name cleared, but it never felt the same after that. It was kind yeah. of like, I just, I didn't really want to be there. And I felt like I was super pessimistic and I didn't trust people. And I didn't want to, I didn't want that to affect my life anymore. Um, and so after getting my job back and after kind of realizing that I wasn't really living the path that I had wanted to be on and that I was on for the first couple of years of that career, um, I left law enforcement. Now at that point I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? Like yeah. I had my perfect career. I had my perfect passion and I, I didn't think I could do anything else. Like, because I, I mean, I know I could do whatever I want to do, right, but I didn't right. know if I would find something that would, would satisfy me and fulfill my passion as much as that. Plus in the back, give back to community. Like they, they almost stole your ability to give back to the community because when you're going from that place of defensive and, and needing to keep yourself safe and then you're, it's like, if you're working to keep yourself safe, it's very hard to then try to keep other people safe. So the fact that you're one of your biggest things was totally taken away from you. It, it, I'm sure it felt like your whole life was taken away from you. Yeah. And even with my relationship with my husband, like I just, it tore our relationship apart. Mm. And it's like, that's not what a job should do. A job should build you up. It should strengthen right. your relationship. Yeah. And so it wasn't doing that. And so something yeah. needed to change. Um, so it changed and I you, left. You found, you left, you're just over broke. If I wasn't just over, like my job truly was like, I was making a ton of money. I yeah. loved my job. I would have, died to go to work. Like I yeah. loved it yeah. until that moment when that person came in and it was like, you're a woman and I'm going to treat you differently. Yeah. I loved it. And then that switched and it was like the passion is like a candle just got blown out and there was nothing mm -hmm. that I could do to relight that. To speed a little bit into that uh, real quickly, I, during my internship on my, uh, when I went to school for criminal justice, uh, I remember asking a police officer, you know, what was, what was their perspective on women in the force? And they gave their true perspective that I was not expecting at all. I don't want you backing me up. I don't want to have to back you up. What if you can't get me? What if you get yourself stuck in harm's way and I won't be able to get you? And it's like, whoa, super opinionated about how I'm the one that's always doing the wrong and you're never going to do something that's going to affect me or my safety, right? And so that was a huge learning lesson. I remember writing about it in my uh, final paper and the, my teacher was the chief of police of the, the academy in New Hampshire. And so they were like, what happened? And I was like, I'm just don't know what I want to do with my life. And it's, I said what I said because it was important to say, but it was a lesson I learned and that's as far as I'm taking it. So. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, law enforcement has some bad apples yeah. and there's also a lot of really, really good product. Yeah. And I would say the majority are good law enforcement officers. Yeah. And I yeah. was so fortunate that my department was good apples, like truly yeah. people. And the men saw me as an equal. Did I have to prove myself? 
Yeah. Don't we all though? But, but don't we? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I had to show them that I could defend myself, that I could help defend that. Like you got to yeah. earn your stripes. But once right. you did, we were equal. You were equal. Yeah. And that was amazing. And I didn't, yeah. you know, that was something that was sad to lose for sure. Yeah. But so now you're transitioning, like at one point, so after you left, what did you figure out? Like, what were your, what was your options? What were you, what was your journey after that? So before that, like when I was in law enforcement, so it was 2008, um, I had attended this party called Pure Romance and it was something that I didn't really want to attend. I was very shy, came from a Christian background, like you didn't really talk about sex and you definitely didn't do it in public. Um, And so I had attended this party and was very uncomfortable throughout the entire party. And at the end, you know, I got all this free stuff, which was great, but I didn't really even want any of it. Cause I'm like, this is not for me. I want shave cream and bubble bath and then I'm good to go. Um, And so, you know, at the end of the night, she gives me all of this good stuff, like stuff that I would never ever consider trying toys and lubricants and lingerie and, I went and I tried it with my relationship partner at the time and loved it. And not only did I love the products, but I loved that they brought me confidence and I felt Mm -hmm. empowered. And I felt like for once my body was mine and I could learn about it and I could experience things and, and ask for what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And if the other person wasn't going to give that to me, then they're not not the right person. Um, So it kind of empowered me both in and out of the bedroom. And so I signed up for this company, this crazy pure romance company where I was like, I might as well get a personal shopping discount because I was spending a lot of money with them because I just love the product so much. So for my law enforcement career, I did both, but I really law enforcement, you know, was 60 hours a week and pure romance was like maybe a party or two a month with just my girlfriend, just to kind of make some extra spending money and then also support my own shopping habit. Um, So when I left law enforcement, I had this pure romance thing kind of, you know, simmering on the stove and it's like, just kept bubbling up at me. Like I'm still here. Like I I could be more than just a hobby. Um, But I'd never really known anybody that had made it a full-time successful career at that point. Um, And I, that was not what I figured I would be doing for the rest of my life. Um, So I was like, you know what though? I don't have a job right now. I'm going to keep looking for law enforcement stuff, but I might as well pour my energy and my efforts into something that I already kind of have started and see where it takes me. Um, And so that first year that I really kind of made the switch from law enforcement to whatever my life was going to be, I actually hit our president's club, which is this huge honor of like, you know, the top 3% in the company. So it's like, I kind of had this wake up call of like, I'm actually really good at some other things too. And maybe this could work for me. Like, it's not, it's not just a hobby. Like I thought it was. Um, And, you know, throughout that, I had odd jobs. I worked as a, you know, a consulting, um, consulting agent for other police departments and, you know, kind of things on the side, but nothing really brought me the joy that I had gotten from being a detective other than doing pure romance. And I realized that I could help way more people with pure romance. And one of the things that I loved the most was helping people um, that had had kind of overcome sexual assault or sexual violence, because that's Um, what I did a lot of as a detective was helping sexual assault victims. And to be able to kind of help these women reclaim their bodies and reclaim their sexuality in like a one-on-one consultation was pretty cool. Yeah. 
And so I realized I could do a lot more good with a lot more people on my terms with doing pure romance. So I kind of jumped into the deep end and like really fully committed to it. Yeah. And to add to that, uh, you're, you know, sometimes as cops, we sort of just put band-aids, not that I could say weeks, I was never a cop, but you know, it's a putting a band-aid on it. You're definitely most often dealing with the same families or the same people, depending on if you're in a small town or, uh, if you're in a bigger city, that might be a little bit different. Um, but you're still, you're not necessarily able to really get into the nitty gritty. You might really be able to get a kid and what, you know, in this wise moment where they're able to apply everything you're saying and totally change their life. Um, but the chances of that are so much smaller as a cop versus what you're doing. You're actually impacting the community. You're making changes. You're helping people break those generational patterns, own their power and embrace who they are, which is exactly what we're all about here at Carner Blue. So it's really exciting to hear your journey and how you were able to take something you really struggled with and, to, and make it into this beautiful piece that literally applies your who you are as a person to both of them. It's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I feel lucky that I found something else that fulfills me the same way that law enforcement did, because I think had I, you know, quote unquote, had to have another random job, mm -hmm. I know I would not be as happy as I am today. Um, and yeah, have there been struggles? Of course there have. But right. there is with, with any job in any lifetime, you're going to have struggles. But yeah. at the end of the day, I go to bed loving what I do and I wake up looking forward to talking to new people to help them change their lives. Yeah, which brings us right back to life, life's lemons into lemonade. You literally took things that were being thrown at you that you had no control over. There's nothing you could have done to impact the way you were being treated because you were doing, you were still being a good human. So um, sometimes good humans end up, or like you said earlier, we get handed a deck of cards or, you know, a set of cards that might be a crappy set of cards, but it's how we play with it is really what's going to uh, change the outcome of our life. And you took what you had and, and made it impactful for yourself and for many other people. So yeah. You got to try. I mean, if you don't, what are you going to do? You know, sit and wallow in self-pity? Like, that's not a fun place to be. And mm. it's not fun for other people to be around you. And like, it's just, it's not a good look. Like, yeah. I don't think that that benefits anybody. And so it's like, you got to put your big girl panties on and like, make it happen. Whatever <laughs> it is, make it happen. Um, right. You know, and stop, stop complaining. Like, just get up and make that lemonade. <laughs> Yes, it's so awesome you're saying that because I'm sitting here like talking to you as if I don't know you, <laughs> you know, better than I do know you, right? Because I'm so used to interviewing. So it's like, um, but that was when you met me, um, I think it was before I got diagnosed with PTSD. It was. No, it was at, no, it was at, well, yeah, way back when you originally. met me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So originally we met, you know, back in when I was 18, we don't need to go into details about where we met because <laughs> no one wants to go back there, but uh, at a job and then, you know, life kind of passed by. And then all of a sudden here I am at this party with you, you're being this consultant and um, having done, you know, before. So I, we met you originally. Yeah. Before we had kids. And then uh, when I started doing the journey with you, I had PTSD and to really, you know, have to one, raise a family to then get diagnosed with PTSD and have no idea what is going on in my life and how to handle parenting or myself or my relationship. It was such a chaotic time and being able to take what pure romance had to offer and apply it to my life. It's, it's been astronomical what you can do when you do take those lemons and you try to figure out like, what am I going to do with this and how am I going to transform it? So it helps me get to that next step in our, in my life, you know? So, uh, 
I'm super grateful for that invitation to that party. Um, and, and I remember that night, like, same thing as you, like, oh, there's some cool stuff in here, but like, yeah, I don't know. And, and now it's like, you know, I'm being asked people, w- women are asking me, well, how do I appropriately stimulate my body? Or, you know, what, what is my, how does my body even need to be stimulated or need to be properly cared for? And that, that conversation is just so empowering when you knew, you know, when someone's going from nowhere and then you totally changed their confidence in who they are and and how they're experiencing their relationships. And, and what you and I do is so important. And I think there's still so much taboo and stigma around it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And like, if we didn't just push through and be like, you know, yeah, people may judge us and people may think we're crazy or we're weird or whatever, but like, had you not gone to that party, life would be very different. Had I not gone to that party, life would be very different. Like I remember the journey with you, right. Kind of building your business. And like, I truly got to see you blossom as a person, (laughs) which is pretty incredible. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I like my job as a mentor with pure romance is that I get to help women change their lives by building a business. And whether it's working through, you know, speaking in public Mm. or being around a lot of people at a big event. Like these are all things that, you know, especially with you, like I got to really watch those things and your growth and your breakthroughs. And like, that is more fulfilling for me. I feel like, and I feel like I'm the lucky one that I get to watch this happen with a lot of women. Um, You know, whether it's a consultant that has those breakthroughs or even a client, I had this one client reach out Um, so obviously we met in New Hampshire. I live in Texas now, spent the last four years in California. We kind of bebop around. Um, but I had moved to California when this client reached out to me, she was a New Hampshire client and I hadn't talked to her in years. And you know, you had a good, good impression on somebody when they're reaching out years later after one party, one night. And so she calls me or texts me or something. And she's like, hey, Caitlin, you probably don't remember me. I actually have a really good memory. So I can remember names and what they got pretty easily. And we had this great conversation. And she's like, I'm suffering from vaginismus. And my doctor said, it's kind of just the way it is. I'm not going to enjoy sex anymore. She's like, we haven't had sex in maybe seven months. Like, I'm worried that this is going to end my marriage. Like, we are on the cusp of getting a divorce. I thought of you, do you have anything that you can suggest? I mean, her doctor had pretty much told her, sorry for that, like, this is what your life is, which number one is horrible. Doctors need to be more educated about this kind of stuff. Um, And I suggested this specific toy that heats up and specific lubricant and a couple other things. And I said, you know, please give me your feedback, like try these things, let me know. So she, you know, she orders her things, and a couple of months go by and I'm like, ah, well, I'm probably not going to hear back from her for a while. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, and she sent the nicest, I can't remember if it's an email. I think it was a long email of like, number one, you saved my marriage. We're oh. staying together. Number two, I can actually enjoy sex again. <clears throat> and number three, like I realized that there's life after these diagnosis when the doctor said there wasn't. Mm. Like that's pretty amazing to be able to have that profound impact on somebody more than one person, right? Her, her partner, they had children, like to be able to think that we sell more than just a toy that really, truly changes lives. Like it's a pretty cool industry to be in where one thing can make that big of an impact. Yeah. And she took life's lemons 
and made lemonade with it, right? Like <laughs> totally did. she was like, I am not taking this or an answer and I'm going to find my way. And just because you get a no doesn't mean you have to, or a, or a, you know, a deadline or you get something from somebody else who's telling you, this is what your life is going to be. That doesn't have to be the answer. You totally have the opportunity to find other answers and, and find new ways and making it be make your life what you want it to be versus what other people are telling you it's going to have to be it's so empowering to to make that switch um into control owning your power yeah yeah and it's cool to watch like to even be a part of that in mm. whatever capacity mm. that's really that fills my cup probably more than anything else yeah totally this has been such a great conversation. I'm so glad we kind of like, we ran the gamut, but it's also like, so everything, it, all the pieces really went together. So thank you for being here and thank you for taking the time out of your day to share us about your excitement. Oh, real quickly, how can people find you? So Facebook website. So my website is www.prbycr.com. So Caitlin Reby is my name, prbycr.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, just Caitlin Reby, R-E-B-E. -E. And my website, prbycr.com, you'll find my phone number, my email. That's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Text is great because it's easy, it's quick. I can send you over some links. Um, yeah, definitely hit me up, you guys. I do ladies' nights. I do consultations for couples, individuals. Um, and I really am looking to kind of continue helping women build a business. If they are looking for some financial freedom, they're looking to get out of that J-O-B, maybe they have the <laughs> asshole boss like I had, um, or they're just looking to make some new friends and get out of the house. Like there's so many different types of women that do this. Um, and it can be a part-time, a full-time, a hobby, just online, you really can kind of make what you want of it. Absolutely. It runs the gamut. Um, so what we'll do is make sure you check the show notes and your all your links will be in the show notes. Um, so again, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs>